The Provoke Podcast, brought to you by Provoke Media and produced by the international broadcast specialist, Marketeers. Hello and welcome to the Provoke Podcast. I'm Diana Marzalek with Provoke Media and I have two guests I'm very excited to have here today. Uh, we have Zeno CEO, Barbie Siegel, and uh, welcome Barbie. We're happy to have you here. Thank you. So nice to be here, Diana. Good. And we have Tanisha Jackson-Warner, who is CEO of Igami, which um, specializes in multicultural communications. So welcome, Tanisha. Thank you so much for having me. Excited to be here. Good. For a lively conversation. Um, we're, I'm, I'm looking forward to discussing a um, new kind of model, collaborative model that Zeno and Igami have together. But I wonder first, Tanisha, if you could Define for us multicultural communications. Um, there's so many words that are out there. Um, what do you mean when you specialize in multicultural communications? What does that mean? Well, you know, I the, the place that I would like to start is um, when you talk about being a communicator or you talk about marketing, typically you will hear marketers say, you know, we have our general market approach and then we have our multicultural marketing approach. The first and foremost that I would like to start with saying is multicultural marketing is marketing. Um, it is understanding how to communicate with the new mass market. Um, and by that, if you think about the various audiences that make up the new mass market, that means you have an understanding of reaching multiracial, you have an understanding of reaching black audiences, Latino, Asian Pacific American, LGBTQ, you really understand how to effectively communicate and market to audiences of diverse background. So that would be my definition, Diana. Well, when you talk about multicultural marketing and marketing to people of diverse background, is that still target marketing? Or when you say multicultural marketing is just marketing, is marketing this great, big, new, diverse population? Um, I don't know if I'm making sense, but but we still have to piece it out to some degree, target audiences, and also look at the population as, as one big diverse group is also a change in mindset. Am I? Absolutely. Um, and that's something that, you know, we want to be on the forefront of challenging um, how marketers think about marketing. Right now, exactly what you said, Diana, is typically what happens is you think about marketing from a general market standpoint. The old definition is um, general market, you know, all audiences that are not necessarily inclusive of multicultural audiences. And then saying, let me take a targeted approach when wanting to reach specific audiences that mindset in general needs to flip where when you're thinking about marketing, you need to be thinking from the standpoint with the diverse audiences at the forefront. So we have a framework that we've referenced where we, across the top, it has total market where everything that you're doing, there needs to be cultural competency embedded. You need to be looking for cultural insights so that all of the work that you're doing has the possibility to reach and resonate with diverse audiences. Pairing that with something that we call in depth approach, which is targeting, where you may need to deploy certain actions 
that are specific to speak to a Black audience or Hispanic audience. But our recommendations with clients is it's not an either or, it's a both and. You need to be thinking from a total market breadth perspective, as well as a in-depth perspective from targeting and combining those two things together. But no longer should you be thinking about it separately. I think Mark Pritchard said it best at ANA uh, marketing conference when he said, if you're not multicultural marketing, then you're not marketing at all. They're one in the same right now. Absolutely. So Barbie, what can you tell us about your, or maybe you can explain to us your new collaborative um, sort of model that you have with um, Igami and what led to it? It, it? it seems to me it takes partnership to to kind of the next level when we're looking at multicultural marketing or DEI, um, the various issues surrounding it. So maybe you can fill us in. One of, one of my favorite uh, stories and topics to, to talk about. So thank you. Um, look, I have known, I have admired Tanisha and Agami from afar for many, many years. And in uh, 2020, it was, we... I reached out to Tanisha and I said, I think, I think we should do something together. And, you know, we at Zeno have been very involved in industry conversations about diversity and diverse talent. And all the conversation was frankly around the numbers. And I felt there was more that we could be doing in terms of supporting multicultural business and really embedding it much more deeply into how we work. So yes, this is a strategic partnership, but perhaps even more importantly, we made an investment. We have provided capital to Igami so that they can in fact scale their business. As you might imagine, following the killing of George Floyd, you know about all the companies and brands that wanted to uh, consider their own multicultural and DEI strategies. And so we wanted to provide Igami an opportunity to scale their business. And we wanted to very much create this new model of collaboration of change where we could work together around something we've, we call multicultural at scale. You know, taking the very, very deep expertise that Igami has and marrying it with the many, many resources of Zeno, along with the multicultural capabilities that we already have. So imagine being able to walk into P&G, for example, a longstanding client of Tanisha's and an existing client of Zeno's, and being able to um, show them how we can work in a much larger frame for, framework by bringing uh, these resources together. So the partnership was important, yes, for the client work, but above that and more important, and what Tanisha and I spent a lot of time talking about was capital that as a MBE, they would not otherwise had access to at that level to really grow their business, attract and nurture their talent, and have an impact across the industry in terms of bringing more diverse people into the industry, into Igami, into Zeno, and showing them a path forward 
so that they can grow their career and if they so choose, move into leadership positions. It was interesting, one other thing, in all the time that Tanisha and I were working on this, it was never really about how much money we're gonna to make together. That will come. It was really about doing the right thing and having impact, what we tell our clients, really making a difference. And as we are six months into it, the feedback first and foremost from our employees at both firms, and then of course from the industry has been really positive. And I am just so proud and honored that Tanisha has entrusted us with this, this partnership because I think her business is extraordinary. And as she said, if clients are not thinking about multicultural as central and integral versus a bolt-on, they're, they're, not, they're not effectively marketing to the people who really matter when you look at census data that says that we are moving toward a minority-majority country. So there's a lot packed into here, so we're going to go back and forth. I know, I gave you a lot because there's so much there. You, you probably have to edit some of that. No, no, no. We're going to have a three-hour podcast. Everyone will listen. Um, so Tanisha, um, one one question regarding this is I, you, as a, as a um, running a Black-owned business, I know that um, entrepreneurs such as yourself have a hard time um, or have a, a more difficult time sustaining and getting funding than other entrepreneurs do. Um, is that in the, I mean, is that something we're looking at in the communications industry as well? I mean, you have now have this investment from, from Zeno. Is, is that a factor in the industry? And can you ask that question again, Diana? When you <laughs> yeah, say it's a factor in the industry, are you saying, is it a factor for minority business enterprises within our industry? That's exactly what I'm saying. Thank okay. you. Absolutely. Okay. Got you. A absolutely. You know, here's something that in taking a step back and thinking about the next growth area for Igami Group, especially as Barbie noted, after the murder of George Floyd and and the global awakening that occurred, our firm experienced demand um, like never before. And we knew it was very important for us to think about what were the major barriers as a MBE that we had experienced. And not only we, Igami Group, but these are barriers that exist for many minority business enterprises within our industry and beyond our industry. And those barriers, um, one, coaching. Um, having access to coaching and mentorship, 70% of businesses that were have the access to the coaching at the right time actually outperform businesses that did not. Um, so having the access to coaching, that was a barrier. Two, curriculum. Um, many times as an MBE, you are the first. And this is something I shared with, with Barbie. I am the first entrepreneur in my family in the field of communications and advertising. And so understanding the, the business of, you know, running a healthy agency business, that's a business model and curriculum that our firm desired to have access to. The last thing is connections. Um, the connections 
to have, you know, that seat at the table, um, to open the right doors at the right time, whether it's financial banking um, or, you know, C-suite relationships, that's important. And then last but not least, capital barrier. And I think the thing that was very much so unique about this new model of collaboration with Barbie is we spent time getting to know one another and she really genuinely desired to understand more about those barriers. And this collaboration actually brings solutions that supports us in overcoming those barriers from the coaching, you know, after we got started, the integrated leadership team meetings, you know, our HR director lead gives me a call and say, oh my God, whenever I get on with, with, um, you know, Xeno Group's HR lead, Carol, I'm always walking away with a new perspective, a way of, of, of doing things and vice versa. We hear that from Xeno Group as well. Um, my connections and one-on-ones with Barbie, although it's not formal mentoring, I, there's not a time that I don't walk away from the meeting like, hmm, if they did it this way, perhaps we can tweak and do it in this way. Um, the curriculum and connections, we're exchanging those connections. Uh, Xeno Group just won largest agency of the year. Can you imagine how inspiring that was as an MBE and a partner to be at that table and witness them win this award and actually hear the story of, wow, they did this over a 12-year period. If they can do it, we know we can do it. And then last but not least, this is something that you know many MBEs would say, is being willing to access the capital dollars, having access to capital fueled growth. If over 2.4% of total capital dollars spent in the year of 2020, only 2.4 of those went to Black and Latino businesses. And so the collaboration really did seek to support a minority business enterprise within our industry, overcome the barriers that um, really would prohibit us as a business into reaching our full potential. Understood. And Barbie, though, this is a partnership. Um, what is, uh, I don't want to, what does Zeno get? I don't want to say what is Zeno getting from the partnership, but what sort of, um, yeah, you know, whether it's learnings or capabilities, what, what is Zeno getting from this partnership? So um, that's a fair question. I want to um, answer it in two ways and I'll try to be more succinct. Um, you know, we talk to our clients, Diana, about purpose and being more than the products and services you sell. So part of this is us as an agency and a business living up to our own purpose, which is champion the courageous to achieve something better for humankind. I mean, we are championing, championing Tanisha and Igami in their work to have a positive impact on society. That is an important part of our business. Um, so we're getting that out of it, number one. And we're really, we are passionate about treating our business the way we tell our clients to treat their business. The second piece of it is being able to work with clients at the highest levels on 
creating greater connection to multicultural audiences. They have deep, deep expertise. I will give you an example. Um, as you may know, we recently won three brands from Kraft Heinz. Multicultural was very much a part of the brief. We think multicultural should, multicultural should be in every client brief, but in this instance, it was, it was very prominent. And we partnered with Igami and worked together to pitch the business and win the business. And Igami brings incredible insights and human truths around multicultural audiences. And that is very additive to the work that we do, be it in multicultural and our insight work in general. So we believe deeply in building teams and work that really reflects the country. And working with Igami, we have, we have access to just incredible depth of knowledge and capability to make the work that we're doing for our clients better and more impactful. And I don't have to say this to you, but I will. You know, I think clients really respect when agencies bring, you know, subject matter experts to the table. And we have many across Zeno. That is certainly how communications has evolved. But when we're able to say we're going to bring our colleagues from Igami and they bring that added perspective, it's, it's really powerful. So we are getting a lot, and I love my personal and professional partnership with Tanisha. What she has built is incredibly inspired, and her comment was very kind about our conversations, but you can be certain I always walk away from our discussions inspired and, and learning something as, as well. And I see this partnership, it's, it's, I, I appreciate what you say about bringing in subject um, experts. Um, I have no doubt that, that agencies across the industry are trying in their DEI efforts, you know, hiring and everything. But that's a process. That's going to take a long time, right? Um, in a partnership, it, um, ele it, it elevates your capabilities faster, correct? It does. And, you know, Diana, I left something very important out I'd like to go back to in terms of what we are getting out of this partnership. And I think it's a two-way street. The first audience, if you will, that was very important when we announced this partnership, frankly, were our people, our employees. And so our our people are getting so much out of getting to know Igami and their capabilities and their teams and vice versa. And I think we all know today that talent is, you know, we want to make sure that our talent feels nurtured and inspired. And I can tell you that at both agencies, that is the case. So that, that is something we started getting out of this partnership, to use your language, if you will, you know, from day one. Just incredible excitement about what it means to have access to each other's firm capabilities, learnings, et cetera. 
Do you see this as a model, sort of a pilot for the industry and the industry that is struggling to, to bring its diversity level up? Either of you? Anybody? Pilot? Yes. I mean, <laughs> yes. Tanisha, go ahead. Yeah, I will definitely chime in and say, absolutely. I think the way that Barbie and the Xeno Group team thought about approaching this collaboration um, as, a, as a new change model, it was pioneering, um, whether she was trying to be pioneering or not, um, it definitely was. Um, and I, I do believe that there will be key learnings inside of this partnership that if we can package this and provide it to the industry to say, this is a new way to think about things or new approach, um, Absolutely. I, I do believe that this can be a model that other agencies think about, um, especially as they think about DE&I from different angles. Yes, there is um, ensuring that your agency is becoming more diverse from the inside out. It's also ensuring in general, looking at your supply chain, um, looking at your partners and, and fueling win-win growth um, across the board. And I just think, yes, it will serve as a model for the industry to follow. Now, Barbie, that, that's, uh, that's my thinking. What do you think, Barbie? No, that, that's perfect, Tanisha. But I'd just like to add, you know, there is still a lot of hard work ahead of all of us to um, ensure more diversity and more opportunities for diverse people in leadership positions and so forth. But when we thought about this partnership and model, we did it because what we have, what we collectively has not been working. We all know that communications has, is not as diverse as we would all like it to be. Now, yes, there are people who have been, you know, look at Tarad, Neptune, Damon Jones. There are many individuals out there who have had brilliant careers who we all look to, but we, we absolutely want more, more diversity. So this was really an opportunity to do something different um, as part of our desire to have more diversity in the industry and also ensure that multicultural is not a bolt-on, but is absolutely integral to clients' marketing communications um, strategy. Well, I do appreciate the effort and that sentiment, and I appreciate both of you chatting about it here today um, and being on the podcast. Thank you, Diana, so much. Um, Check back with us again in six months and we'll update you further on how it's going. Absolutely. We'd love to stay uh, abreast of it. Thank Sounds you. Good. Thank so you much. very much. Okay. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Provoke podcast brought to you by Provoke Media and produced by the international broadcast specialist, Marketeers.